Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, welcome back into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, folks. Super excited to have you join me for this week's episode where I share with you a conversation I had with my good friend, Brian Martin. Now, you might be curious who Brian Martin is. If so, hang tight. Let me tell you who Brian Martin is. Brian is a second grade teacher that has taught for 20 years in a rural district in Western New York. He is a former assistant coach for his school's boys varsity basketball team and a veteran of the United States Army, having served in Iraq. He is the host of the Teaching Champions podcast, which is dedicated to encouraging, supporting, and lifting educators up and has been listened to in 56 countries already in just a year and a half. I'm super excited to share this conversation with Brian. Before we do that, let me just give a real quick plug. My friend Randy Russell, the superintendent in Freeman, Washington, has a really exciting conference coming up, and I want to share that with you. The annual Women's Leadership Conference is back, returning to Spokane this October. Designed to unite and empower women educators at the Women's Leadership Conference, you'll be surrounded with the support and inspiration you need to rise to the next level. Leading women educators from across the U.S. will help you develop leadership skills, work-life balance, conflict resolution, decision-making, and much more. Rise together at the second annual Women's Leadership Conference, October 13th through the 15th. Brought to you by RLR Leadership Consulting. Clock hours are available. Register today at randyrussell.org. That's randyrussell.org. Folks, you definitely want to check that out. The work that Randy and RLR Consulting are doing is absolutely fantastic, and this looks like an all-star lineup for this conference. Make sure you check it out. Now, let's get to this incredible conversation with Brian Martin. I know you'll love it, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, Brian, thanks so much, man, for joining me here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I've been looking forward to sitting down and having a conversation with you and catching up with you. So how you doing today, my friend? Oh, I am doing fantastic, brother. And I just want to say thank you. Leaning Into Leadership is one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, as part of the RTA family, just uh, so blessed to be here and be part of what you're doing, the amazing things that you're doing, my friend. I really appreciate that. And, and you know, and, and I'll throw it right back to you. Teaching Champions podcast is one of my favorites. So, folks, if you haven't, we're going to talk about Brian's podcast, Teaching Champions podcast here in a little bit. But if you haven't checked it out, just make sure just just go right to Apple Podcasts and hit the plus button and just that way you're getting it every single week because it is fantastic. So, uh, Brian, before we dive in, um, just really quick, maybe, you know, for my listeners who don't know uh, much about Brian, just quick elevator who you are, where you're coming from, those kinds of things. Absolutely. So I've been teaching for about 20 years. I live in a small rural district in western New York. I teach second grade. Um, my first two years were in kindergarten, and then I went to first grade. And then I was in the Army Reserves. My unit got activated. So between training stateside and doing a tour over in Iraq, I was uh, active duty for about 16 months. Then I came back home. I've been in second grade ever since. And during that time, I got involved with uh, 
my high school basketball team and I was assistant coach with uh, my former coach and he's absolutely phenomenal uh, hall of fame coach in New York state. And about a year and a half ago, I started the teaching champions podcast and just getting ready to start a brand new school year. Oh, that's awesome, man. So, so it's interesting, you know, uh, I've known you for uh, at least two years and, you know, every time we've had conversations, I've learned something new about you, knew, knew that you'd been coaching basketball, those kinds of things. I did not know that you were in the army reserves and that you had done an active tour in Iraq. I was absolutely not aware of that, man. That's just another incredible layer of, of Brian Martin. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, and we we won't go go into really any detail about that. Um, but uh, thank you for your service. I mean, I really appreciate you, man, and uh, just appreciate you even more than I already appreciate you. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that a lot. It was a great experience. You know, the one great thing about the the military is you meet people from all over the country, from every walk of life. And you're put together in this unit as a team and you work together. So it's just, it's eye-opening. It's a lot of learning, a lot of growth. And uh, it was a it was a good experience from, from that point of view. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, it's the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. So um, what, what are maybe, maybe some takeaways in leadership that you had as a result of, of being deployed in Iraq for 16 months? Yeah, uh, you know what? One of the biggest leadership lessons, I guess, would go all the way back to my basic training. And my drill sergeant, who was a highly decorated soldier, I was talking with him. And he was an unbelievable person. And he was saying, we were talking about leadership. And he said, the best decision is the right decision. The second best decision is the wrong decision. The worst decision is no decision. And I guess that, that was something that uh, really stuck with me. Um, as far as being deployed, it's communication, support, being there for one another, leaning on each other. Those, I, I would say, were, were the big things. Man, I love that so much right there. Folks, I hope you picked that up right there. The best decision is the right decision. The second best decision is the wrong decision. And the, the third, of course, is no decision. I love that. You know, so often I think leaders get frozen into inaction. And, you know, sometimes you just got to take action. You just got to make a decision. And I know not not to dredge it up for for too long but during the course of the pandemic and of course you know being in a in a district leadership role during that time that was probably one of the biggest challenges was i've got to make a decision or we collectively have to make a decision you know number 1 do we close our schools number 2 do we open them back up you know number 3 masking uh, all this other stuff quarantines all those other uh, all those other things that that had to happen there and i remember a couple of different times that staff would tell me, you know, we just need a decision. You know, we, what we don't want is waffling or indecision. And I, of course, would, would tell my board the same thing. You know, look, we have to make a decision and we have to stick to that decision. We have to own that decision. We won't know if it's right or wrong until somewhere down the road, but we got to make a decision. So I just love that you shared that. I, I think that's a really powerful piece. And um, 
I think it's really cool that 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 was the the thing that stuck with you and that you had the opportunity to have that conversation. Yeah, all these years later, and uh, I agree 100%, you know, we're never always going to make the right decision, but we make that decision, we learn from it, we reflect on it, we grow from it, and it's going to help us later on as we make more decisions. Yeah, for sure. So so let's go back, let's go back pre uh, Army Reserve, you mentioned that you had taught at the kindergarten level. So in a way, Brian, you're kind of a unicorn. Um, there are very, very, very few um, kindergarten male teachers. Now, I, w- I will tell you, my brother-in-law, male kindergarten mm-hmm. teacher. Um, and, and, and kudos to him. I tell him that every time, that it's like, Jason, almost nobody, almost no males teach kindergarten. So, 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 so now I can say I know at least two males that have taught at the kindergarten level. What was it like for you going from kinder and then teaching at the second grade? A lot of people would probably think, oh, well, you know, kinder versus two, that's not a big deal. That is a massive difference in what you're doing in the classroom between K and two. Oh, it, it's a huge difference. And, you know, my, my first two years, and I was lucky, and if you want to talk about leadership a little bit, I was blessed with a phenomenal leader who hired me and was extremely supportive. I probably would have been better suited to be coming out of the gate a uh, fifth or sixth grade teacher rather than a, a kindergarten teacher. So, you know, walking into a kindergarten classroom, the kindergarten teachers are absolute magicians like if you've never stepped (laughs) inside a classroom with four and five-year-olds and tried to get 15 to 20 20 students doing uh the work following the rules of the classroom being engaged it's absolutely amazing what these teachers do and there's such a big difference maturity wise and like you said what they're able to do as a five-year-old you're teaching all those basic skills, all those basic routines, even basic skills about how to share and how to get along. And, you know, they transition up into six, seven years old, second grade, and they're a lot more mature. They can do a lot more work independently. And they're still young, and they still need a lot of guidance and a lot of help. But uh, in the growth The growth that you see at the elementary level is unreal. And that's one of the best parts about second grade. They come in and, you know, they're all at different levels, but they might be coming in at basic addition. And then they can leave and some of the students are doing multiplication or they're adding numbers in the thousands. You have students that are reading very basic picture books. And then they're leaving second grade and they're they're, uh, reading chapter books. And it's just that growth and it's that beauty in there. It's pretty special. You know, I, I've always been fascinated with it. And, you know, at, at the kindergarten level, and again, I was a lifelong secondary guy until I became a superintendent. And, you know, that was like one of the biggest eye-opening experiences was, you know, going down into the land of the littles and specifically at the kinder level, you know, I mean, one of my first experiences in kinder, you know, went down and, and, uh, uh, one of our kinder teachers just said, you know, hey, come and meet our class. And I did. And, um, it was, it was calendar time. And I, you know, I go to, go to join them on the, on the mat. And she handed me, you know, gave me one of the little kindergarten chairs, you know, the ones that are like four inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, there's no way in the world I'm going to sit in that thing. So I just <laughs> took a knee on the mat and, uh, little guy next to me is like, uh, uh-uh. uh, 
we're on the mat. We sit crisscross applesauce. And I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. You know, and, and I was able to do it. And even better, I was able to get up. But, um, but it's, it's fascinating to me, you know, when, when you're working with kinder aged kids, you know, you're in many cases, like you said, I mean, just some super, super foundational skills. But you're also starting that work and leading into that work around learning how to read. And then what you just described to me in the second grade level is that transition from learning to read to reading to learn. And that's got to be just magical moments all the way through the year for you with 18, 20, 22 kids, however many kids you have in your classroom each year, watching every one of those kids make that transition at some moment in time. It's like the ultimate light bulb moment, right? Oh, it's so special. And just to, to sit there and listen to them read, listen to them grow, and it's celebrating them too. You know, we talk about, I think a lot of teachers, we get drudged down because there's always something to do. There's always, you know, more that we need to accomplish. But if we pause for a second, and I think it can happen at any grade level, but it's like capturing those moments sitting with that student, listening to him read, and just getting lost in that moment. I think you need to to hold on to those just to get you through the day sometimes because there's there's always going to be tough moments, but there's going to be great moments like that where you see that growth, you can celebrate it with them, give them the high fives or fist bumps, and just make it something joyous. Well, and that's, I think, the thing that I really genuinely love about Brian Martin and about about your podcast too is it's always about positivity. You know, you you have this incredible ability to find the positives in in those even most challenging moments. And you know, I, I love some of the stories that you've shared on your podcast over the years um, have been just just awesome. You know, at helping me sometimes reflect in those moments where it's like, man, things are really challenging or you know, maybe I've got to make a tough decision, you know, on, on what's going on or whatever the case may be. But you always find a way to 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 put a positive spin or put a put a positive story in there. And and even before we hit the record button today, you were sharing with me, um, you just uh the day before we're we're doing this recording, you spoke um your your first keynote uh for for a district there uh there in New York earlier this week. And um you were talking about uh, something that you had read and kind of putting the whole glass half full, glass half empty in a completely different perspective. So what I want to ask you to do, we can't recreate the conversation, but tell a little bit of that story. Because, I, again, I think your ability to find positivity is honestly unparalleled. So let's, let's just run from there. All right. Well, well, I appreciate the kind words, first off. But uh, so I really wanted it to be about, you know, being positive. How can we make our days more positive? And it's the little things because there's little things that we can do each and every single day to make our days a little bit better. And I was preparing for it and I knew of this author. I've listened to his book. Uh, it's called The Happiness Advantage. And I believe I pronounce his name correctly. It's uh, his name's Sean Aker. And he was on a podcast. I was listening to little Oprah, little Super Soul Sunday. And he was talking about the glass, half full, half empty. 
something that everybody has heard out there. We've seen that picture. Are you someone that looks at that glass half full, half empty? And this gentleman, he's an author, but he's also a Harvard professor. He's a leading researcher on positive psychology. And he was saying, we look at that all wrong. And he was saying, it doesn't matter whether you think you're, the cup is half full or you think it's half empty. It's recognizing that there's a pitcher of water right next to that glass. That there's little things that every single person can do on a daily basis that you can take that pitcher of water and fill that cup up. And that's the question we should be asking. What are those little things that are unique to us that we can be doing every day to make our days a little bit better? I just, I think that's just such a powerful piece. Um, again, I think we all get caught up in that, you know, half full, half empty. I mean, I, I hear people tell me all the time, cause you know, like you, I, I talk about positivity and about, you know, positive school culture and those kinds of things. And I'll hear people tell me, you know, well, I'm a real, you know, glasses half full kind of person or, and honestly, I'm certain I've referred to myself that way, but now that gives a whole different perspective of thinking about, you know, the, the picture that's off to the side that, it's okay. In, in essence, that's, this is what I hear when, when you when you're telling me this story. Is it's okay for the glass to be consumed a little bit? You know, it it doesn't have to stay half full or half empty. That's that's not the relevant part. It's that you have the ability, you have something available to you to continue to add into that cup, much more so than looking at. A, you know, a, a stationary moment in time of the glasses half full or half empty. Rather, hey, here's an opportunity to keep keep filling it back up. So don't hold on to what's in the cup, I guess, is, is kind of what I hear when, when you're telling me that. Yeah, 100%. And recognizing that there's little things, and it's not just saying that you do this and you're going to have a fantastic day. Sometimes what I take away from it is – I'm going to have a bad day. Is it, if we look at all of our days over the course of a year, there's going to be things that happen that, that uh, bring us down a little bit. Well, what if I can do something to make that bad day a little less? What if I can do something that makes that so-so day good or make that good day great? And, you know, we have all those tools at our disposal. For sure. Well, and sometimes it's just simply doing something for someone else. I just started reading Ed Milet's book, The Power of One More. And if we think about, you know, what's just one more thing I can do today to make the life of my coworkers just a little bit better, you know, or what's one thing, one more thing I can do today to help impact a kid or even for our own self, what's one thing I can do today, one more thing I can do today to help myself feel a little bit better. You know, maybe that's going to the gym. Maybe that's giving myself five extra minutes in the morning to just get my head right. Because, I mean, you've kind of alluded to it, but every single morning, you know, I talk about this all the time. We've got a choice every every day when our feet hit the floor. We're not always going to just be positive. It's just not just we just roll in. Hey, I'm happy today. 
we're going to have those mornings where we spill coffee on ourselves, or, you know, our dogs are up in the middle of the night. That's become a classic at our house recently. And, you know, so you're running a little bit low on sleep or something, but maybe it's that one thing I can do is maybe I could just give myself, you know, two or three extra minutes in the car to help get my head right so that I go in with the right mindset. Um, I don't know. That's, I, I love this concept of the picture on the side. I just really do. Yeah. And Ed, Ed Milet is phenomenal. The, the power of one more is on my reading list. And I really like when you said that sometimes looking out of yourself, maybe it's just sending that one text in the morning to someone, or, you know, maybe I don't send that text, but just send some, you know, you think about someone in a positive way. Just remember the good that is out there taking it off of ourselves, focusing on others sometimes can, because we can get so focused on our own struggles sometimes that, uh, you know, it breaks that, that focus up a little bit and helps us reset. Well, I think a big part of it too, you know, and I, I know you haven't quite started your school year yet there in, in Western New York, but around the country, a lot of our fellow educators are back in, in the groove. You know, they're in week one, week two, even week three, you know, in different parts of the country right now. And you go from, you know, that, that message of positivity that you shared with, with a district recently or, or the, the messages that I've shared with a handful of districts already in August to, I'm three weeks in, I'm a month in, I'm two months in, and, and I get down in the weeds and I get, you know, I've got all this, you know, curriculum I've got to get through and I've got, you know, these reports I have to turn in and I've got to, you know, make sure that I'm doing, you know, all of these things on these IEP, it just on and on, you get into the minutia of, of your work, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's normal. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I think there, there are those, those markers, I guess, that, Maybe we, and, and this is where maybe we, we all need to make sure we have somebody as like, kind of like an accountability partner. You know, that person who's going to pop next door into Brian Martin's class and say, Hey, I have on my calendar today to remind you to get up on the balcony. You know, Brian, what does that even mean? Oh yeah. I, I got to check in on myself. I got to reset, you know, gather myself again and get myself out, out of the weeds, even just for a couple of minutes. Right. I mean, that, those are the kinds of things that help keep that positive momentum going so we don't get so stuck down in just the everyday grind 100 percent. i think you said such a good thing right there about like the, the accountability partners the people that we surround ourselves matter so much like you can tell when you go into a uh, another room if the people are elevating one another or and we all do it and i'm guilty of it or you know so i don't want to go out and say I, i'm perfect where you pull other people down. But I know when I walk out of a room that's been lifting other people up, how I feel versus when I go into another room and it's more of a negative tone, how I feel coming out of that room. So being cognizant of that is so important. And then also like leaning on other people. And I'll share the story real quick. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I would say, you know, everybody's got their own superpower, I guess. What I bring to the table is I'm pretty hardwired to be more positive, to hopefully boost up the school culture a little bit. And it was right around the Olympic time and I got COVID. So I couldn't go to school for over a week. You know, automatically you're, you're out of the, the school. I had assessments that I needed, school-wide assessments that needed to be graded. 
then I had another pile of assessments that should have been administered that week that I was gone, but I didn't want to do it while I was gone. And the school was doing this big um, celebration for the Olympics. And they wanted all these nice bulletin boards hung up and everything. And I work with all ladies. These ladies crush it when it comes. I mean, they crush it in every way, shape, and form. But they have 3D bulletin boards and everything. That's a, that's not – I struggle in that area, Darren. And uh, so I was not – when I got back to school, I was already behind with some of the work that needed to be done. And I just – you know, this area that usually I'd be all about, you know, I just, I still wasn't a hundred percent physically and I just didn't have it. And I was down a little bit, you know, I wasn't going and blasting everything that was going on in the school. I was just kind of whole hum. And there were a couple of teachers that were really engaged in it, that were really invested, that wanted these activities to be great. And it took me a couple of days but I let them lead the way, and I tried to hold on to their – not drag them. I tried to hold on to their positivity and feed off of that. And I wasn't – you know, I wasn't perfect during that time, but allowing and feeding off of their energy helped me uh, become better and better for my students. And I think that's – you know, we can lead the way a lot of the times, but sometimes it's all right to let other people lead the way and feed off of their energy. I just can't be the one that's dragging them back. You know, I can, I can jump on that. So, you know, it's just leaning on others, know the people that you can lean on that are going to help lift you up in the times. And then when they need it, I'm going to be there and I'm going to lift them up. Yeah, for sure. So, um, it makes me think of, uh, one of one of my uh, one of my good partners, Tom Cody from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, in in some of Tom's work, he talks about and he actually shares this picture of two panda bears that one is pushing the other one from the bottom, and he refers to that as the supportive panda. And sometimes, sometimes we've been that person on the bottom who's lifting the other panda and helping to, you know, helping to lift other people up, like you say. But there are other times where we need that that supportive panda. I think that's just such an important thing, you know, and whether it's, you want to call it an accountability partner, you know, somebody to lean on supportive panda, whatever you want to call it, you know, as, as you get ready to launch into your new year, I'm sure you guys, like everybody else across the country have new people now, you know, that have joined your team. And when you get a new player, you get new team, you have a new team. So you got to figure out, you know, who are those people that, are going to help lift you up and who are you going to be lifting each other up for? And one of the, one of the best things I've ever heard Tom say in, in this particular space is, you know, you don't have to do it for everybody all the time, you know, just do the most you can for as many as you can, as often as you can, because there are going to be those times where it flips around, right? Like you just said, you know, you're, you're, again, you're one of the most positive people I know. And you're sharing a story about a time when, you just didn't have it. You just didn't have it in the tank at that moment. And, and that's okay. You just got to be willing to lift each other up. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, can I add on this too, Darren, because we're talking a lot about of positive energy and I'm big into sports psychology. I think actually like mental conditioning. Now all your major sports teams have basically, uh, 
it's almost like a counselor that works with with them to train the mind how to handle adversity you think about these sports players all right you're an offensive lineman and you get an offside penalty and you're costing your team you know that play those five yards you do that you make that mistake in front of a packed stadium eighty thousand. then you have millions of people watching at home imagine if that those eyes were on us in our classroom when we made the mistake and then within 30 seconds you got to reset and you got to get back in that position and do the right thing and so the sports psychologist getting to the point here he was saying uh you know these professional athletes they don't always 100 percent like positive energy they do what is called neutral energy so they're either positive or neutral. They're ne- never negative. And he said neutral energy because not everything is good, right? There's going to be some moments where uh, we can't just be positive. You know, my, my boys, the Buffalo Bills, they go into halftime and they're losing by a couple touchdowns. I'm sure that the head coach isn't like, well, it's a beautiful sunny day out there, guys. No, he's talking about solutions. So sometimes that neutral energy is recognizing when things aren't going well, that I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to be that calm voice. I'm going to steady the ship. Then I'm going to show up and we're going to find solutions and we're going to get through it. So I would, you know, I don't think it always has to be positive. It can be sometimes the greatest asset that we can bring is that calm, cool, collective roll up the sleeves, let's find solutions, and carry on. For sure. You know, what what it's all about, and I think you hit it on the head, is about finding solutions. You know, we, we hear every now and again about toxic positivity, and by no means is that something you and I are, are touting. We're not saying mm-hmm. just blindly show up positive no matter what's going on. Um, it, it's, it's what I've been referring to lately as the difference between being a thermometer and being a thermostat. You know, a thermometer can tell you what the temperature is, but it isn't going to do anything about it. You know, those, those people who you mentioned, you go in a room and they suck the energy out of you, they're thermometers. You know, they, oh, it's hot. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Nice to know. It's cold. Okay, nice to know. Be a thermostat. Thermostats recognize the temperature, but then can do something about it. You know, so bring those solutions to the table and be willing to adjust the temperature a little bit. You know, hey, we, you know, we've got to get a little bit better here or, you know, we, we've got to make some adjustments, whether that's that's you in the moment teaching in your classroom or working with the entire staff at your school or working with, you know, working with the basketball team as an assistant coach. I mean, you know, we can get angry about stuff, but, you know, being angry or blaming doesn't solve anything. You know, um, I mean, sometimes we just got a vent. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, you, you mentioned your bills. I'll tell you with, with my Broncos, I've, I've vent frequently uh, a lot more the last five years than, than I had in, in quite a while. I'm hoping that turns itself around. But, but, but back to my point, you know, being a thermostat is, is being able to find those solutions like, like you're talking about. And um, let's, uh, let's, let's transition just a little bit. Mm-hmm. into into the the teaching champions podcast because I want to make sure that we get to that uh, before we run out of time today we could honestly have the positivity conversation forever and, I, and probably our listeners would not be upset about that but <laughs> I definitely want to talk 
about the Teaching Champions podcast. You mentioned, you know, back when you had first started that. And I'd like you to maybe kind of share the story behind why why you chose to do that. And then, you know, transition into why now, here just in the last month or two, have you started adding guests into your podcast? Because a long time it was it was the solo Brian Martin show, which was great. Now, with guests, it's also great. So tell us a little bit more about Teaching Champions. Yeah, so... When I first started the podcast, I really, uh, and I, I'm a podcast junkie. I love listening to podcasts. And so there's all sort of different formats. And I guess I started um, as a monologue because, you know, I really love speaking. I really love sharing some of like my observations or, or my learning. And I wanted it to be different. You know, there's a, a lot of, I guess I started in the beginning wanting to be different so that maybe people would have a healthy alternative to other other podcasts out there. And that was great for a while. But, you know, and I needed a push because I also, I didn't want to make mistakes per se, having guests on. And it sounds silly. It, you know, a lot of people, come on. But I'm being honest. I didn't want to you know, make mistakes, waste people's times and such. So I hesitated. But then somebody reached out and said, you know, let's do a podcast switch. And it was Alex Calderon. Um, He has the first generation teacher lens. Awesome individual. Check his podcast out. Amazing story. So we did that podcast switch where he was on mine. I was on his. And just having that opportunity to sit and listen to his story and the knowledge that he shared, you know, I loved it. So since then I've transitioned um, more. I still do like an individual, like short mini podcast in the middle of the week, just to share a quick observation, hopefully something positive, but also now just trying to, to reach out and connect with other leaders in the space, like yourself, other teachers, authors, and I've had other people uh, reach out to me and say, can I be on your podcast? And the connections, the conversations are awesome. And these people, I've had some person say, you know, I don't have a big social media following. I don't have a book, but I'd love to be on. And this person absolutely crushed it, had so much to share we have so much knowledge right in our, our classrooms. We can just go in our schools and meet with people. And this is just a uh, opportunity for me and hopefully for the listeners to connect with some amazing people out there. People who are passionate. People who have so much to share and just sit down and listen to the greatness that they, they have. I think one of the the biggest takeaways for me since launching uh, this podcast back in uh, January of this year was something that you just kind of alluded to, and had some had some great conversations with uh, with my coach, with a handful of other folks, a handful of other podcasters, and I had, in a way, I had that similar uh, hesitation that you had. You know, we launched leaning into leadership as a 
you know, as a solo podcast as well. And I remember mm-hmm. saying in one of the early episodes or even in the trailer, you know, that occasionally I'll have a guest on, but, you know, it's mostly going to be me. I haven't done a solo episode in like four months. <laughs> and it, not that I don't want to do those. I, I do. I like actually how you do your uh, your kind of midweek, you know, hey, just a thought of thought of positivity. I love that. Um, but for me, it was kind of this, you know, I didn't want to just bring on the same people that everybody else had had. I wanted, like you, I wanted to be unique in this space. I wanted to be able to create a following that genuinely genuinely was interested in learning, you know, more about leadership and not necessarily just so somebody could promote a book or they could promote, a, you know, their speaking tour or something like that. What I've learned in, in the process is number one, I learn so much every single week. It is an incredible opportunity for me to sharpen my knowledge, for me to keep getting better, um, not just as a podcaster, but but in, in everything RTA. Um, but also, like you talked about, with the connections, just building relationships and, and getting to know more people that are in the space and hearing incredible, incredible stories. What's what's maybe one of, and you don't have to necessarily tell the tell the story or maybe just a quick paraphrase of it, but of of the guests you've had so far, um, what what's what's maybe one one story that just jumps to the front of your mind um, from from the episodes you've done so far. You know what, and, and uh, this isn't, uh, uh, you know, I guess the first one, the most impactful for me is it's not even a teaching story per se. I had the Arkansas. Uh, teacher of the year on uh, Jessica Sum. Awesome lady. And her husband's a career military. And she was talking about, she was stationed in Germany. And usually, you know, when the soldiers come home, the loved ones are at the airport or at the, you know, the base where the bus is going to drop the soldiers off. And she talked about how you know, all the wives, they're getting all dressed, or the spouses, it doesn't just have to be a wife, it could be a husband. It, they're getting all dressed in their best, the excitement's in the air, and to see their loved one come home and get off that plane. But she talked about, so she was over in Germany, and she was able to take a flight home back to the States, but it was with a, a group of soldiers that were coming home to meet their families. So she goes, she gets onto this plane and it's all these young men, you know, typically our soldiers are a little bit younger, you know, 18 to to early mid twenties. And they're all, and it's just her family, her and her two kids. And she got to see it from the other side where the excitement from the soldiers getting ready to go off, step off that plane and see the loved ones that they haven't seen in a year or so. And I know that's not a teaching story, but it's a life story. And you talk about one of the beautiful things about podcasting is you meet people and everyone has a story, something that we can appreciate. And just hearing, and you could picture that. Here she is with her and her two little kids, and she said the soldiers were unbelievable to her her kids. And she said they're getting their hair and making sure their uniforms are all straightened out and just the smiles and the excitement that you could feel on that plane. And 
that's just a special story that I could relate to. And, uh, you know, that was amazing. That's such a great story. I love that, you know, and it, I think it, it just takes us to perspective too, right? You know, just, just realizing that there's always at least two parts, two different perspectives to, to any given moment, you know, whether that's, you know, the, the spouses waiting for the soldiers to come off the plane or the, the soldiers being on the plane and can't wait to get off or, yeah, you know, a, a, a positive morning, you know, in, in your classroom or a kid who comes in, you know, who's had a tough day or you, yeah, I mentioned earlier, you know, give yourself that extra five minutes in the car. I mean, maybe you've had a rough morning that there's always multiple perspectives to things. And, you know, when we when we see somebody having a great moment or, or having a struggled moment, um, there's there's multiple perspectives that go into that. I, I really appreciate that story. I think it's um, something that we all need to keep in our mind. And, you know, when when we when we bounce up out of the weeds and get up on the balcony, that's probably one of the first things we should do is really be cognizant of our perspective and realize that there are more perspectives than just ours. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man, it's great stuff. Uh, so, so let's do this. I mean, I, I, it's not going to be my last, last question, but it's going to be close. Um, always the last question on leaning into leadership podcast is how are you currently leaning into leadership? So Brian, that's, that's the question I'm tossing over to you. How are you leaning in right now? So, um, in my own district, I guess, and it's an unfortunate thing, Darren, I guess it's the natural process that you look around and you realize you're not a young teacher anymore, that you're one of the older teachers. So that time goes fast, and we've had a lot of teacher transition, a lot of retirements, a lot of teachers um, moving to other districts. So there's going to be this year and the coming up year, there's going to be a lot of new teachers and I really struggled my first year, and I had a couple huge mentors that were pivotal to me. And so I guess my leaning into leadership is just to be there for them, to support them in any way, shape, or form that I can, to help steady the ship and bring a little positivity to my school. And then just in on the professional or personal side, I guess – Keep the Teaching Champions podcast uh, rolling, and I really want to be uh, a community builder. And you talked about like connecting with others and evolve myself, but also evolve the community where it connects as many people as we can just to help each other out. We talked about in this uh, conversation that leaning on each other piece. You know, there's a, it's been a tough time in the education world for everybody. Let's build these communities that just don't have to be within our schools. It can be worldwide. I have friends in Spain. I have a friend in Bahrain. You know, I don't know how that happened, but it's pretty amazing because these people are special people that we can build these communities worldwide lean on each other, support each other, encourage each other, lift each other up, get ideas from each other. And just, uh, you know, I there's this quote, Dr. Jody Carrington, I don't know if you, she's a, a speaker and an author, and she always quote quotes Ram Das. And I think the quote's something like, we're here to walk each other home. And just to be someone that's going to help and support and be there to walk 
with each other as we're on this journey. That is just spectacular. I really love that quote. Um, and, and I love I love exactly what you're talking about with with leaning in this year by by being that person that's there to support and to really help lift up uh, the the new staff in your school. I mean, I think across the country, I don't think I know across the country, we have a tremendous number of people who are new, either brand new to the profession or new to the facility that they're that they're being assigned to to teach or be a leader in what whatever whatever title they might hold and one of the most important things we can do those who are in those positions and are established like yourself is reach that hand down and help to lift them up you know we not not to chase the um looming teacher shortage but um, I guess it's not looming. It's just here. Mm-hmm. What we can't do is be okay with just seeing people continue to leave the profession, especially the people who are early in the profession. Um, the more people like you are there to lift them up and to support them, to give them a little bit of guidance, give them a little bit of support, You know, the more those people are going to stay and continue to be a part of this great profession. So I appreciate that you're doing that. Now I'm going to ask a bonus question because throughout this episode, more than maybe any episode so far on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, we have dropped quotes. We have dropped books. We have, I mean, just some great, great stuff, some podcasts. So Brian, you're on the spot here. All right. One book or one podcast you haven't mentioned that I haven't mentioned either in this uh, in this conversation that you feel like folks you gotta read this book or listen to this podcast. Uh, I think we're both fans of John Acuff, so I would say John Acuff's podcast is really good. Ed Milet, he's one of my favorites that you mentioned earlier. Um, as far as books go, I would say. And it's it's not uh, if the language is pretty strong. So if if language bothers you, that uh, I heard there's a clean version available, but it's David Goggins' book. Uh, can't I believe it's Can't Hurt Me. I've listened to that multiple times. I'm a big uh, David Goggins fan, but he does he doesn't cut his words. That uh, so, but he he brings some great stuff on mindset. I would say you know I also. Sometimes it's not necessarily just one podcast. I like I Google authors. If you want to talk about culture wise, um, the Culture Code is a great book written by Daniel Coyle. And I've just recently because I wanted to pull in a bunch of his stuff into to the keynote that I just gave. Go into Apple Podcasts, um, get Daniel Coyle because he culture wise great stuff. And you know. I usually have posters of Michael Jordan up on my wall. He was my hero growing up, my my new hero. And don't ask me why, but Sarah Blakely. If you want some unbelievable podcasts on mindset, and this is something that I think there are so many takeaways that should be taught in our schools. Um, and if you don't know who Sarah Blakely is, founder of Spanx, and uh, yeah, if you're a gentleman, you're like, well, why do I want to listen to uh, the founder Spanx? Listen to what she has to say, the grit, the determination, the mindset piece. 
so I've listened to a bunch of a podcast that she's on, and she just drops so many gems. And her husband's Jesse Itzer, I believe. He he's another keynote speaker. You can uh, YouTube or, or uh, listen to a podcast that he's been on, and he just drops so many gems. So th- those are a couple. I could go all day long, but I'll cut it I right there. It. There, David Goggins so and good. Sarah Blakely. You know, I love that you brought up Sarah Blakely. Um, I, I was I was gonna go there when we talked about um, about your podcast. It's honestly, I think, my very favorite episode of Teaching Champions when you tell her story. Um, I mean, what an incredible story of resilience and grit and determination. And now I've got to go listen to her podcast, so I'm excited about that. I appreciate that you shared that. Um, just real quick, just. Folks, uh, I don't know the episode number. Uh, maybe Brian knows it off the top of his head. I will make sure it's linked in the show notes. I'm going to link all of the resources that Brian just shared, everything that was dropped throughout the course of this conversation. But I want to drop in the in the podcast notes the link to the episode where you talk about um, about Sarah and about Spanx. Can you just 45-second version of, of that? Yeah. And let me just say it's so she doesn't have her own podcast, but she's been on a ton of them. So just okay. uh, do that. But uh, so Sarah Blakely and when you talk about Spanx, self-made. This woman, she said she started with three thousand dollars, basically. And now she's a billionaire. And she talks about one of the biggest lessons that she had was when she was growing up that she would come home from school, her and her brother, and they would sit at the dinner table with her father. And her father didn't want to know, what were you successful at today? He would ask, what did you fail at today? And she would say, it got to the point that if she didn't tell him that she didn't fail at something, that he would almost be upset with her. And the whole premise behind this was that if you're not pushing yourself, if you're not stepping outside of your comfort zone, that you're not growing. And she said this was the most pivotal thing in her life, that it helped her grow to be able to overcome the situation. Because uh, her story, she sold fax machines before she started Spanx. And she talked about all the times that, and she had to cold call how many times she got kicked out of businesses. The times that she was pulled over to the side of the road and had tears coming down out her eyes because she knew that there had to be more. And she said that lesson that mistakes are part of the process because we view failure, that F word, that failure is such a bad thing. She said it completely changed her mentality about that. The true failing, all right, failing is part of the process about going out there, getting after it. Failure is not trying. Failure is not going after it. And then I just heard she added on to it the other day on Tony Robbins' podcast. She said she's talking about this story. She said that her dad also asked after he got done, what did you get? You know, what did you fail at? He said, what good came about that? What did you learn because of that? And once that's doing at an early age is planting seeds that going out there and not hitting it the first time is a good thing. We go out there, we try, we learn, we reflect, we grow. And you keep doing that over and over and over again. And that's where success comes. 
Could not say it any better than that right there. Brian, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast, man. As always, anytime we get an opportunity to visit, I I love it. I cherish it. I appreciate it. Um, I hope you have an incredible school year this year. Folks, make sure you get out there and check out the Teaching Champions podcast. Brian, thanks so much. Thank you, Darren. It's been a blessing. And thank you for what you do for me and for what you do for everyone else. The RTA family is pretty special and you're doing some great things, my friend. Thanks, man. Man, I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did as well. Brian Martin, such a great friend of the show, such a great friend of the Road to Awesome family. Again, thank you, Brian, for being a part of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Now, before we get to the pep talk for this week, there's a couple of things I want to touch base on. And first and foremost is the Leaning Into Leadership podcast challenge. We are working hard to continue to grow the Leaning Into Leadership podcast audience and We're going to ask you to help us do that. Share any episode or share the show on social media and tag five people who you know will just love this show. Also, tag me at Darren M. Peppard to enter the contest. Winners will receive an RTA swag package, which includes one RTA shirt. It's the choice of the winner. We have several different designs. One RTA published book. Any of the books published by Road to Awesome are potentially yours if you're the winner, and an RTA sticker pack. Entries must be in by September 4th. If you have any questions, don't hesitate. Email me, Darren at Darren M. Peppard at RoadToAwesome.net. Again, that's Darren M. Peppard at RoadToAwesome.net. Next up, let's talk about the Teach Better Conference. I've been mentioning it the last couple of weeks. Road to Awesome is one of the big sponsors for this year's Teach Better Conference, and I want to share a little bit of information with you about that upcoming event. The space is limited, but the design of the Teach Better 22 conference is intended to foster more than a learning environment. Yes, the event will be full of rich professional development opportunities shared by educators worldwide on effective grading practices, mastery learning essentials, student engagement, strategic leadership development, mentoring tips, co-teaching tips, language learner development, and so much more. But it doesn't end there. You see, all of the Teach Better events are also committed to networking and building a supportive network of solution-seeking educators. Therefore, expect epic evening events to help you socialize with all the members of the Teach Better family. It is a two-day event coming up in October. You do not want to miss that. You're going to go to teachbetterconference.com to register. Again, that's teachbetterconference.com. And when you go, use the code RTATB2022 to receive $50 off of your registration. Again, that is RTA. TB2022 to receive $50 off of your registration. And now it's time for this week's pep talk. I read an article recently where three superintendents across the country from New York, Ohio, and Texas were sharing their strategic focuses, their strategic priorities for the upcoming year. A lot of what they were focused on were things that really could fit all into one specific category. Now, the three things were staff recruitment and retention, student and family engagement, and school safety. And it makes perfect sense for school superintendents to focus on those three things. But as I read through this article, what it continued to say to me 
is what I've continued to say over and over and over, that the number one thing, the most important thing that we're doing in our schools needs to be focusing on building relationships and ensuring that we have a culture and a climate that's positive, that's nurturing, that's supportive, and where everyone, adult or student, feels seen and heard and loved, valued, and part of something special. You see, spending money on equipment, putting together events, all of those things, that's important, and I will never downplay that. But all of those investments are moot if we don't have a culture where people feel like they're valued, where they feel like they're part of something special, where they feel like their voice matters in the organization. So I love that these superintendents are focusing on these things. They're very important. Staff recruitment and retention is a giant challenge for us. Student and family engagement has always been a challenge. And of course, school safety is right there at the forefront. But along with that work, if we're, in, if we're really focusing, we're really investing our time and our energies in building relationships that matter, building relationships where people feel seen and heard and loved, we're going to get the maximum benefit from that investment. I'll share that article in the show notes if you want to check that out. Those are my thoughts for the pep talk this week. I hope you loved this episode with my good friend Brian Martin, and I hope you have a road to awesome week. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.